Welcome to Young Leaders Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping young leaders connect and grow. Hey, welcome to episode 15 of Young Leaders Podcast. I'm so excited to be here today. We're going to be jumping into an episode today about earning the right to be heard, which I think is a huge and important topic for young leaders. But before we jump in, I would love for you guys to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is you listen to, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is. And also go to our social media and give us a like and a follow. We'd love to interact with you there, and we'd love to start a conversation with you on social media. So let's just jump right into episode 15, Earning the Right to Be Heard. Hey, we are excited uh, to be back talking about earning the right to be heard. And uh, this is something for me and uh, that I've, I've really worked through and have been working through personally for a long time. And I think for a lot of leaders out there, there comes a point when we're inside the organization where we want to be the one steering the boat. We want to be the one who's having the conversations, who's moving forward and and helping influence and lead because that's what leadership is. Leadership is influence. And uh, we want our ideas not only heard, but acted upon. And, uh, and for a lot of us, we believe that we our ideas are the ones that will change, that will push us forward, that will move us down the scale. That if people just listen to me, they would be better off. I don't know if you've ever had that thought of like... It's passed my mind a few times, yeah. 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 I think it happens to every young leader. I, I know that I've sat down and just thought, if we just did it this way, we would move so much faster down the court. Things would be so much better. And that, and again, that could be a pride thing. And you might be right, uh, but you're not the one in charge, and you may be a couple rungs down the ladder from in charge. Yeah, yeah. I think it can be easy to become a bull in a china shop. Yeah. And even if it's a good idea or the right idea, it can happen the wrong way, and you can just be running like a bull in a china shop, and you can you can damage a lot of trust and relationships. So the question then becomes: How do we how do we go from being the guy who thinks he knows how to solve all the problems? to the guy people go to to solve problems? Um, it's a good how, question. Yeah, how do, you, how do you get heard? How do you get heard? So we, I want to talk about today just four areas, um, excuse me, five areas that I think this is something I'm learning. And so I'm in process with this. This is something like I've sat down, we sat down, and just kind of like, okay, what – Inside my heart, what am I learning? What am I going through? So a lot of these things are going to be personal to me. Hopefully, they relate to you mm-hmm. as a young leader. So let's be uh, let's jump in. Yeah. The the first one is be a learner. Yeah, this is important. This is really this is big. This is huge. Nobody likes to know it all, um, and nobody believes the guy who can listen to a problem, think for fifteen seconds, and then push out a uh, an answer, because Problems are so much bigger than we give them credit for. Things that are going on in people's lives are so much bigger than we give them credit for. And we need to be people who are willing to listen and learn and uh, and take input to, to process it and come back. Um, because things can change with with one little detail. Yeah, one, one thing I, I've learned the hard way is that there's two sides to every story. Yeah. And... If we could learn this not just in ministry, but in everyday work life and home life in politics, if we could just learn everybody has a side to their story, let's sit down and listen. 
and even for the sake of being a learner not to to learn something new which i think happens every time Mm -hmm. but just for the sake of of knowing i'm on your side yeah i i'm i'm for you i want to understand where you're coming from um one example if i can share that has really helped me with this recently is um during a service there is a kid being really disruptive like extremely disruptive and i was trying to figure out the auditorium in my campus is so hard to pinpoint noisy kids and so i was trying to find the noisy kids so i could talk with the mother about hey can we can we take this out to the cafe for a while so we're not such a big distraction and um, long story short, I ended up taking the wrong kid out and I felt horrible because oh, no. it's just so hard to pinpoint noise. And I asked yeah. the wrong, and the people who I asked were so gracious and they're awesome people. Yeah. But later I learned that the, the person whose kid was being noisy had this huge backstory, mm. like heartbreaking details. Yeah. And that in that moment, like they were in the middle of heartbreak, like layers and layers of story. Yeah. And I just looking back on that, I think what would have happened if I did go to her? Yeah. And I think noisy kids is something you have to deal with in an auditorium. Yeah. But I think, I think for me that helped me go, man, there's two sides to everything. There wasn't just someone who was just inconsiderately letting their child be loud. Like they were hurting and right. in pain and it was a huge lesson. And that becomes learning how being able to sit down with somebody who's really good at having those conversations. So there's a guy in our organization who's really good at that. And to just say, Hey, here's, the situation, how would you go about mm-hmm. this? Yep. And, and not thinking, I know what to do. I know how to answer this. I know where to go. And, um, even though we're all different, like he's very different than me. Um, for some reason he can come in and he's just like smooth and I am not smooth. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, I just, you know, I can push myself. I can be intimidating, but I'm learning from him and saying, okay, yeah. what do I got to do? And you know what? I think when it comes to being a learner, especially in situations like this, because I do this a lot too, I like to go to people and say, how would you deal with this? Yeah. Like, what would you say to this? How would you respond to this? And I don't necessarily do every single thing they say. Right. But I want to hear a different perspective. I want to hear how someone else would do this because maybe I do have the right way. Maybe my way would work, but there's something to be learned in other perspectives. Yeah. And, And so much of leadership is about learning, being open to saying, how can I make myself better? I mean, it, and you know that, that's why you're listening to this podcast, but, uh, as we, as we grow, as we're able to, cause everybody can see whether somebody's learning or not, uh, whether they're paying attention, whether they're, they're engaging. If we come at it with this attitude of, I'm going to be a learner, I'm going to be somebody who's going to get better at this. It changes the whole, yep. the whole, uh, the paradigm. Yep. Last year at Catalyst. Andy Stanley spoke on this. Yeah. And if there's one guy who doesn't need to be a learner yeah. <laughs> in ministry world, it's probably Andy Stanley. Yeah. But his posture of learning is is big and I is something to is something to learn from. Yeah. Learning yeah. how to be a learner from a learner. And then there's that you know, that whole mentality of I think I'm the smartest person in the room and and I'm the one with all the answers. Yep. You're not. You're not the smartest person in the room. You might not. You might know more about one area than everybody else in the room, but it doesn't mean you're the smartest one in the room. Yep. And real leadership is able to take the conglomerate of leadership and and merge it together to create that that uh, that force that's going to really move the dial forward. Yep. You know, yep. it's it's like Voltron. You're taking, 
You're taking everybody's different skills, putting them together putting in one together giant one beast, one giant fighting robot to to attack the devil. I have not kept <laughs> up with that show, dude. I freaking love Voltron. I, I watched season one. I need to I need to watch it's other ones. It's so good. It's so good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> nerds. I'm a nerd. All right, number two. Listen to feedback. Listen to feedback. Everybody has blind spots, and here's the deal: you can't see them because they're blind spots. <laughs> They're called that for a reason. <laughs> They're called that for a reason. Um, and uh, if you if you knew what your blind spots were, they wouldn't be blind spots anymore. Yep. And so we need people inside of our lives who will be truthful, who will be honest with us, who will engage with us. And this sounds so simple, right? Yeah. Like when you say it out loud, it's like, duh, blind spots are blind spots because yeah. they're blind spots. And if you knew about them, they wouldn't be blind spots. Yeah. Obviously. But it's like the last thing we actually apply. It. It's that... That idea that I know myself, I know who I am, and uh, and you you don't know me better than I know myself, and that's not true. It's it's just not true. We, I hear, um, especially when it comes to things like big data. Mm-hmm. Big data probably knows you better than anybody. Yep. Google knows you better than anybody from your from your search history and all those things, and and they can predict what you're going to be into and what you're not going to be into, and uh, and. And they figured out the algorithm because they look at that whole person of you. There are pieces of you that you're missing. So for me, it's that area of uh, how I engage inside of meetings. Because I can be real pushy. I can be bully. I'm a big guy. And I can just kind of scowl at people. And when you scowl at people, people shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Especially when you're a big person. And people get intimidated, and they don't want because nobody wants to make their coworker upset, right? Right. Yeah. You know, so I can put on a scowl, and you shut up, and you do what I say. And, but I don't want to lead like that. And I was doing that on reflex because that's how I grew up. That's how I learned to handle things. Yep. And so, the first time I had somebody come up to me and was like, "Hey, you're doing this," I was like, "Really? I had no idea." Give people an open door. Um, to, to do that. I know inside of my area, I have a, I can be super task oriented on Wednesday nights. That's our youth group night. I can be super task oriented. And I've given a couple people inside of my team the ability to say, Hey, you're being task oriented and not relational because I want to be more relational. Right. I've had somebody come up to me and say, Hey, on Wednesday nights, you were just, and you run over people trying to get Wednesday night done. But I need people in my life who are just being like, yo, you are too, you are too wrapped up in this right now. And, and when we become open to feedback, we become better leaders. I think one thing that's big for this is one way to listen to feedback is to ask for feedback. Yeah. It's to just sit down with somebody and say, what did I do well in there? What did I not do well? Did I do something like just to say, just to open it up to say, you give me this feedback. I think that's a good posture that says yeah. I'm ready to listen to it. But I think sometimes people need permission to. Mm-hmm. Like we should all have those people in our life who give us that feedback whether or not we want it. Yeah. But I think it's good to give per- people permission as well. And repeated permission. So number one, number one, be a learner. Number two, listen to feedback. Number trace. Number three, take responsibility. Mm, this is a big one. This is a big one. Own your mistakes. There's plenty of times... Um, that for me personally, something happens and I think that was not how it was going in my head. 
<laughs> it took every uh, day for me. It's like, that was not how I pictured that meeting going. That was not how I pictured that game going. We need to own that. We need to be people who say, yeah, the buck stops here, and we can't pass it on to volunteers. Well, you know, if Timmy had just done this, then that wouldn't have happened. You're the leader. Yep. The buck yeah. stops there. And that may be true, but the the idea is you're owning that. And when you own that, it shows I'm willing to take responsibility and I'm going to make it better. I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen again. But it's so hard. Yep, it's very hard. The The other thing I also want to be careful with this is you can't be coming and taking responsibility all the time because that just shows apathy or that you don't care or you're not really putting in your homework. And so if you're all the time, yeah, I messed up again. Yeah, I messed up again. Then you're not going to be heard because you're a mess up. And yeah. so and I think a big thing is when you do make a mistake and you take responsibility, part of taking responsibility is conveying what you're going to do yeah. to change the trajectory, to fix the problem, to implement a solution and then do it. Yeah. Actually do it. <laughs> and that's so hard. Because just saying I messed up isn't taking responsibility, right? Right. I messed right. up. Sorry. Yeah. That doesn't fly. It doesn't fly in marriage. It doesn't fly at work. It doesn't fly anywhere. You have to own the, taking responsibility is implementing the solution as well. Yeah. You know how humbling it is to to like look somebody in the eye and say I'm sorry. I messed up. Yeah. Admit to fault to a volunteer and say this was my bad. Yeah. I messed up and I'm sorry. It's so hard to do, but the times I've had to do that have earned so much trust with that person. Yeah. And and I'm I'm usually quick and this is where my issue is. I'm usually quick to apologize and also quick to make mistakes. Right. Like I don't do the homework on the front end or I rush through because I think I know the answer because I think I know all of the variables and then something bad happens and then I go to apologize. And so by slowing down, thinking it through, um, and then when something does, it, you look better. I did my homework. I thought it was going to look like this. We practiced this. And then in real life, it didn't happen. So uh, take responsibility. Number four, share your ideas. Share your ideas. This is so This is uh, so hard because we, we're not the leaders. We're not the decision makers. So it's easy to get apathetic. It's easy to think they're not listening to me. But the truth is you've got great stuff. This is your job. So you're spending time thinking about this and processing it and, and it coming up with ideas because you're living in it that needs to get pushed out into the organization. I tend to have a lot of ideas too, and I could just rattle them off all day right. long. Um, but for me, the ones that I think really need to be, the ones that I think are big, the ones that I think really need to be flushed out, I, I put some work into it. So when I go to share that idea, it's not just, hey, what if this Yes. And then nothing. But yeah. I've thought about it. We could do this. It could work this way if we tried it for this long. To know that they've we've given it time yeah. to work through it, to see how it would play out. And then, and then this is what's important, you have to convey how it's going to help the organization. Yeah. Not yeah. just like, this is a good idea. We should do it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if we implemented this, we could raise groups by this much percent. If, right. we, if we tried this instead of that through this method, I think we could see a lot more engagement in this. Yeah, And if you help piece together, this is the benefit. This is the payout. Not for you, right? but for the whole organization. And you, you have to take people wrong, along because you've gone on a journey to get there. You've, you've said, okay, here's the problem. 
here's the solution and this is how I've come to that solution uh-huh. and you need to bring your you need to take that same journey with your leadership and I think a, a big a big uh, lesson for for all young leaders is the senior leaders in your organization have a lot of experience yeah. and in our case the senior leaders in our organization where we work me and Carl they have decades of experience so when you throw an idea out that sounds awesome they can say you know we've been doing this for 15 years 20 years here's where we've tried it here's where it doesn't work did you think about this mm-hmm. and sharing that idea can be really helpful in helping you gain perspective of how how things work of what would work what wouldn't work and running it by them is really helpful in just seeing the bigger picture because they they have a better view of it than you do. What's the percentage of ideas that you think actually get flushed out? Oh, they that actually you have? get flushed out. It's like for every for every this number of ideas, this many get played out. Uh, low. <laughs> yeah, I can't even. I'd the, say for me, yeah, five to ten percent, if I, not less. That sounds right. Yeah, I was gonna say probably ten percent. So and I don't have that sounds low, but if you think use. about it, yeah, for every ten ideas, one actually works. That's a great statistic. Oh, that would be and great. And for me, I think that's a little high. I'd say yeah, one in twenty. And here's the thing: if you're an idea person, you're constantly just pushing out ideas. Yeah, one in twenty is great. Oh, it's awesome. Even yeah. less than one in fifty, I would say is like yeah, wow. One in fifty of your ideas actually gets yeah implemented. So that's awesome. pretty big. But the the goal isn't for my great idea to get acted upon but instead it's for us to help lead our organizations better yep and uh, yeah, that's that's key yeah and we just need help because again helping our ideas get out there helps our leadership grow helps them learn helps them become better it's helping our organization move forward so we need to help get those best ideas out in front of the organization so that they can see it and even if they're not acted upon it at least we're learning from these thought processes. Yep. And you um, know what? Hmm. I think inauthenticity reeks. Yes. You will, if you're inauthentic and you're you're launching these ideas because you want to see your ideas played out and you think that you're right and you think you know what's best and you don't have the team and the organization's best interest at heart, yeah. you will not be able to hide that. And you might think you are, but you will be sniffed out in a moment. Yeah. And then they'll stop listening. It's And... So if that if that's true of you, yeah, you I, have to work that out. You need a heart. It's a pride check. issue. You need a, yeah, you need a heart check. You need to figure it out. Remember, there's the right time to share an idea too. Yeah, well, there's always don't don't. If you got a bunch of good ideas, write them down. Yeah, there's times to tell them. There's times to talk about them. I'm sure there's times when your supervisor wants to hear them, right? Or your team wants to hear them, but there's the right time to do it. And that's and that's something I need to learn because I am just like great idea. Go tell somebody. Yes. <laughs> hey, I'm just gonna shout this out. Who can hear me? Here's an idea. I declare we should do this, <laughs> and no one and no one's ready to hear it. And the fifth one is be comfortable where you are, learning your niche, your skills. You might not be the guy for everything. You might just be the guy they call in when they need to know what the, how the latest operating system update affects their systems and and for me this really comes back to that teaching that jesus did about the parable of the talents when he gave one guy five talents another guy two talents and the last guy one talent and and i like to think i'm the guy with five talents like i'm i'm the guy the leader the best the one in charge um and and i forget the point of that isn't who got the most 
Instead, it was what did they do with what they right. received? Exactly. And so for you, and this is this is for me. I feel like a five talents guy, but I'm but maybe I'm a two talents. Maybe I'm a one talents person. But I feel it, and it's like if you just let me go, if you would just do what I said, if you just let me be the leader, we can move this forward. Well, you may feel that way, but the truth is, you could be a two talents guy. Um, and you may be a five talents guy. We haven't figured that out yet. Right. And I think sometimes you have to prove that with the one talent, you can be a five talents guy. Right. And for when I was in college, I worked at a place called the National Running Center. Yeah. And I remember my first like two weeks of working there, they sat me down in front of these huge boxes of, of product, like shirts and shorts, and said, we need these hung up onto racks. Yeah. So I, I kid you not, for t- like 15 hours a week, almost 20 hours a week, for two weeks, I sat there and I put shirts on hangers oh. and put the hanger onto a bar. Yeah. Over and over and over and over again. And I thought over and over again, this is stupid. I can do so much more. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't be doing such a little task. Yeah. And like looking back on that, I'm sure they just wanted to see how I handled it. Yeah. Can you handle the one talent before we hand you five? And then at that organization, I was handed more talents. Right. And I was doing bigger things. And you know what I thought the whole time? I just want to go back to hanging things up. <laughs> Can I just put my headphones on and hang things for a while? But sometimes you got to earn the right to be yeah. heard with your one talent before yeah. you get more. To me, that's something I feel. There's that tension inside of me that I want to do more. Just let me go. And um, and and that's a great story of just this is, is sometimes you have to do this. And you know what? If all I ever am inside the organization is somebody who helps hang shirts that I'm okay with that. Like I, you need to just say, you know what? I can. I offer other things. I'm going to do this with excellence. When somebody else needs help, because people see that, and you may not be the shot caller, but you'll be the person people go to to solve right. problems. Because because you have humility, you have authenticity, you've shown that you're willing to work in the hard stuff, and um, and and move the organization forward. So be comfortable with your spot on the team and do hard work with what you have. And that will earn you more than, uh, than just trying to be a show off, just trying to force your, uh, initiative on other people. It's, it's how you get hurt. Yep. It's how you get hurt. Yep. And it's a process. It's a process. And, uh, it has been for me. And I've really, you know, I, I thank God that there are people inside my life who are speaking truth and I'm listening and just trying to get better. But I'm not where I thought I would be after eight years in ministry, but I'm a lot closer than I was. So that's that's a, that's the key, right? One that's step, the key. In, one step, and one step at the time. Yep, God's doing a work. Yep. So that is how you earn the right to be heard. We're super excited uh, that you joined us for Young Leaders Podcast. If you found this helpful, or maybe you just want to have a discussion, we ask that you rate, review, subscribe, share this podcast with uh, your group and talk about saying, hey, this is something uh, that's on my heart and and I'd love for you to hear it and for us to talk about it. And we'd love uh, to connect with you on our social media at youngleaderspodcast.com. Let us know what you're going through and how we can help. We'd love to talk. We'd love to talk. Thanks for joining us. See you later.